Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. Join me as we have a real life discussion on how to change your life by changing your thoughts. Remember, question everything, trust yourself, and find your truth. Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. This is a show where we talk about bringing our thoughts to life and also about solutions to living free in an unfree world. And I really think those two things go hand in hand. And I was thinking about this before I recorded the show today. And part of why I think we don't create what we speak or feel like we're living freely is because we spend so much so much time imprisoned in our own minds with our negative thoughts. And when, when we set up these scenarios for ourselves and when we're, we're feeling you know, imprisoned in our own minds, it's hard to have that energy or that space to freely create. And one of those areas I think this is especially prevalent is with our careers. Since we spend so much time at work, having a job you're unsatisfied with can feel like a prison. And I know I know that because I've been there and done that. Um, and it's a terrible place to be. So as someone who's been fired and laid off multiple times, I know firsthand the impacts this has on your life. So this week, I'm really excited to bring executive career and leadership coach Amy Sanchez to the show. And I chose the title of the show, don't flee to another job you'll hate. Instead, learn the secrets to finding a career you'll love. I know that's a mouthful, but I chose that because I've done that. I've done that multiple times over the years and it's never turned out good. I just went from one job to the next, recreating these same situations. And all I got was a new job title and a new company. So Amy's gonna help us get really clear about finding personal and professional satisfaction. And surprisingly, quitting your job might not be the answer. So Amy will tell us more about that. And just before we get started here, I'll give you a little bit of information about Amy. She's an executive career and leadership coach and the founder of Swim Against the Current. She helps corporate leaders clarify and pursue their ideal career path and leadership style so they can maximize their happiness, impact, and earning potential. Her innovative coaching approach has guided hundreds of leaders from Fortune 50 companies to Silicon Valley entrepreneurs to find their unique value proposition while navigating change, amplifying leadership impact, and accelerating team productivity. Amy holds an MBA from USC and a professional certified coach license from the International Coaching Federation, one of the highest coaching distinctions. Amy is also a keynote speaker and industry thought leader with published works in leading business publications like Fast Company, Business News Daily, Authority Magazine, Thrive Global, and The Corporate Magazine. Amy, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Sloan. It's a pleasure to be here. So I know you re I read your bio, and um, but I always like to ask the guests, who's Amy Sanchez in your own words? Mm, great question. In addition to what I do professionally with my clients, I am also a mom of two young girls. I've got a two-year-old and a five-year-old daughter, um, a wife of a wonderful husband, and they fulfill me in ways that I, um, I would be lost without them. But I also know in doing a lot of soul searching and, and to your point, living life to the fullest, my professional part of me is a very, uh, uh, it's essential to who I am and it, it, it allows me to thrive. So overall, um, from the professional side, the way that I look at it is I am very much on this earth. My mission is to help support high performing individuals who have a real fire in their belly to make a positive impact and, mm -hmm. and remove roadblocks to help them get there. 
Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And I think, like I said, um, at the beginning, you know, my experience over the years and working in corporate America and having dissatisfaction in my career, you know, many times throughout my life, having someone to, um, work with or someone who understands that, right? Because I, I know for me, like I've over the years tried to talk with friends about it and maybe they weren't working in corporate environments. So they didn't get it, you know, so, um, those weren't people that I could actually, you know, use as a sounding board. So having career and leadership coaching is so invaluable. And like you're saying, you're, that drives you, right? That that's why you love doing that and being able to help people and bring that value. And, and it's totally needed. Yes. Thank you. And I can relate to your story too, Sloan, because prior to becoming a, becoming a coach, I was in corporate America for 13 years, jumping yeah. from job to job to yeah. job, <laughs> looking for the thing to make me happy. Right. Yep. Been there, done that. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> So what, so is that what the catalyst was that actually led you into coaching or was there, was this always something that you had in the back of your mind or what, what got you to where you are today? Oh, that's a great question. I had no idea what a coach was. If you would have asked me 10 years ago, what a coach is, I would have said, Oh, somebody who teaches you how to play basketball. Right. <laughs> I had just never heard the term. Um, I very much stumbled upon coaching. So, you know, 13 years in corporate America, I, um, I, worked for small healthcare companies, big healthcare companies, Eli Lilly, Johnson & Johnson startups. My pattern was every two to three years, I would switch jobs because I'd, I'd have this six months of a honeymoon period. And then I'd go back to <laughs> being unhappy. Yeah, I get it. I'm laughing I, because I, 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 that was my pattern as well. I totally get it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, you've been there. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, then it's like, okay, well, maybe if I, if I just have a different boss or maybe if I just work for a different company or if I focus on a different product, a different mission, what if I just replace one different variable? And what I found after doing that uh, five or six times was that that just wasn't the answer for me, but I wasn't re ready to face that reality until yeah. literally I got kicked out the door. Yeah. So in my last corporate role, I announced that I was pregnant. I was pregnant with my first child. Mm -hmm. I'd been working in a remote capacity for a very high, uh, fast paced marketing organization, had my most challenging job to date. As soon as I announced I was pregnant, Sloan, there'd been no question about my working remotely until I made that announcement. And then I was asked to move to the home office and pay out of pocket or quit. <laughs> I mean, I, okay. I'm like raging inside for you, but so what, so I mean, what, what was their justification? Like why, like, what did they try to, you, you know why, but what did they try to say? Um, there were, there were conversations had around how it, it made sense for business results and to continue to motivate and drive my team and, you know, giving me more oversight, uh, and some of that made a lot of sense. The thing that didn't make sense to me was the timing because nothing yeah. had significantly changed right. except my pregnancy. Right. Um, certainly they had my, they, they had their reasons. Uh, it was, um, although I will say it has a really happy ending because yeah. that is the thing that forced me to really look at, okay, is this what I want to do? Right. Right. A hundred percent. Yes. Putting so much of my time and energy into, um, into companies, um, you know, in marketing and that same loyalty isn't returned. Right. Uh, 
and I needed that. I needed that, that kick. And I, when I see clients coming to me, I'm seeing them in that crux and I know what's on the other side of that. That forced me then to, um, it, it turns out we were able to, you know, negotiate a severance package. I was able to max, max out my maternity leave and just focus on my daughter. And during that time, it was the first time I'd taken an extended leave in years. So that was one piece of it is just opening up my thought process yeah. to things yeah. besides emails and, and deliverables. Yep. And then the other piece of it was, it was the first time in my life where I was ex- able to really exercise this muscle where I nurtured another human being so closely. Mm-hmm. And that opened a side of me that I didn't even know was um, so reviving for me. So I, I had two really important insights during that time. And I, you know, in addition, as soon as my daughter was born, my grandfather died three weeks later. So it was like all these things around me just came crashing down. Yeah. The chaos ensued. Exactly. And it felt, it felt scary at times. It was, it was sad at times. It was really stressful at times, but it also made me ask some really deep questions like life purpose you know, is it possible for me to find a job that I really love? I'd seen others who had done it. What, what what would that look like for me? Right. Uh, So in the midst of stress, that's, you know, as, as the ashes sort of uh, fell around me, that's when I started to have clarity as to what really mattered. I worked with a coach um, and through that process discovered, Hey, coaching was a really good fit for me to move forward and swim against the current started four and a half years ago. Yeah. So I have so many things because your story is very similar to mine and um, even the insights that you're talking about. So what you were talking about after you had your daughter, um, the message for women for years has been you can't have both. Right. You can't have the career and be at this level and have the family. Right. They're, um, that That's but I think one of the many things 2020 brought us, I think, was that questioning of that, right? Like the things that you're, you're talking about right here, I think, and I've went through those over the years, but I think the, like, almost like the, um, like the majority of people were faced with those kinds of questions or those kinds of, um, situations where they were forced to go in. And it's very uncomfortable to do that. Like you're saying, you know, the, there's, when we hear other people's story or we think about how it might be for us, we never want to think about the painful parts or when other people tell us the story, they don't always tell us about the painful parts that they went through to get on the other side, like you were talking about. Mm -hmm. So when we're in these, when we have these situations like this, and like you were saying, they were like giving you this ultimatum. And then it's kind of like, well, why am I doing this? Right? Like, why am I putting all of this out for a company or an or whatever organization, whatever it is, that isn't giving me something similar in return? Right? And so then there's a lot of questioning around that. And again, I think a lot of this is goes back to the way we're brought up these stories we're told or these, um, how you're expected to fit into the machine, so to speak, right? Be, be a good obeyer and obey and you you say yes, when they tell you to go in the office, you know, and that kind of stuff. And so, um, and that doesn't work. That doesn't work for someone who's seeking more or once isn't okay with that or isn't um, going to accept that as their fate, right? As as it's been the same for me and, and obviously the same for you. And so I, I wonder sometimes if more people maybe aren't aware that things like what we're talking about are an option. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I wanted, mm-hmm. that's another yeah. reason why I was really interested to talk to you because um, I sometimes feel like maybe in people I've talked to don't 
think that's an option for them. And, and I don't agree. I think it's an option for everybody. And not everybody's situation looks the same or will be the same, but the option to move away from this environment that is would replace you in five seconds if you were gone, right, is available. But it's it's working with people like you who can coach somebody through that to understand what that is for them that um, that can be uncomfortable, but also can be freeing on the other side. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really well said. And there's so many layers to it. And, and yeah. the thing that I, I love about coaching versus um, reading books or kind mm -hmm. of um, uh, joining groups is it's so tailored to the individual. Right. And as you start to peel away the onion, there's so many layers to this. Um, for some people, you know, they stay in it because there's such a heaviness around money for other people. Yeah. It's the obedience for other people. It's the validation, whatever the, the driving factor is that's keeping you there. That's the important piece to examine and say, but if, does this have to be true for me? And what right. are the possibilities if it's not? Right. Yes. Freeing your mind, right? Like we, I talked about at the beginning, like getting out of that, um, that, story loop, you know, cause for years I had that story that it had to be this way, or I had to be, um, this was the track I had to be on. And I can remember um, before I moved to Nashville, which has been almost five years now, um, I took a leave of absence. For, I was in corporate consulting for a long time and traveled and um, that life is very easy to burn out on, you know? And I was at that point, I was tired of the billing. I was tired of expected to bill, but then do all this training outside of that, you know, on my own time. And um, so I took a leave of absence and that was a, something that for me was way out of my comfort zone, right? Way out of my like box of thinking was even possible. And I got a two month leave right. of absence from my job. Mm -hmm. And I actually ended up coming to Nashville. And while I was in Nashville, I got the call about the job that I got that actually paid me to move here. So <laughs> it was this like chain of events that happened that was, um, had I not had been brave enough to ask for that and, I explore what I was feeling was calling to me. Um, I don't know if I would be sitting in my home in Nashville right now having this conversation with you. Oh, I love that story, Sloan. It's, it's so true. It's, it's, there's a real fear of risk and change. And as humans innately, we're just not good with change. Yeah. But leaning into that fear, even if it's just a small step, um, that's when the doors of opportunity start to open. Yeah. Yeah. When I moved here, I talked about the red carpet getting rolled out for me because once I had made that decision, I was going to make that change. Um, and in my mind, I said, everybody get in formation because this is how this is going to go. And that's what happened. Mm -hmm. And, but it takes that first step. It takes that willingness to be brave and be willing to get out of the box. And like you did, maybe it is, maybe you're faced with it because it's, you don't have another option, right? What the option that they're giving you is an absolute hell no. <laughs> but it, mm -hmm. it, sometimes, you know, it comes over time where it's worn you down too. You know, I've been in jobs where I was like, I'm done here. My time is done. There's nothing else for me here. You know, it comes, I think it comes both ways sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. It's so true. And it really does. I like how you kind of start with the self-narrative because that is the seed that plants everything is yeah. how are you talking to yourself yeah. and um, what perhaps unfair restraints are you putting around what's yeah. possible?
Yeah, that's a really good way to put it, unfair restraints, because we do, right? We put ourselves, and, and this comes from so many places, right? Our family, our um, the way we grew up, you know, mm -hmm. if we were in a situation where maybe money was a problem growing up, right? Or um, like you're talking about, like the validation, like feeling that need to have that and maybe um, what, what all comes with that, right? There's so many um, levels to this that are worth exploring that are also, once you start exploring those, that's, I think, where another level of true freedom comes from, because you let go of yeah. those limiting beliefs, you let go of those things you may not even know that are like always at the back of your mind, right? They're, they're pulling yeah. the strings, but you don't really see the strings, right? But you can kind of feel it's there. Um, in my experience, that's what I found has helped me to relax into some of this, like in, into some of these um, possibilities. Mm, yes. Yeah. There's something really magical. One of the things I like working about, about working with corporate leaders is they're so used to processing information cognitively, thinking through pros and cons, pulling out yeah. spreadsheets. And I, I think that way too. I'm a, right. uh, I was trained, I was trained in that capacity and um, I make a lot of decisions still using my cognitive process. But what I draw out in coaching, particularly in my first session with clients is a different way of thinking where we're tapping into emotion and also gut instinct Yeah, and the revelations that you can have as you start to access more facilities to make decisions, because by the time you're miserable in your role, like you're just exhausted, you know, bouncing around your head back and forth. And yeah. like it almost becomes your own prison. Right. Um, when you can pull yourself out of that, that's when can start to spread your wings and there's a, just such an immense feeling of freedom. Yeah. I felt like for me, I could breathe again, you know, once I got out of those yeah. and, and I had many <laughs> over the years, but, but that's another thing. So with, you know, so much dissatisfaction, I mean, can you talk a little bit about what that does to you? Even so if you're dissatisfied in your job, yes, you might have crappy days, but it goes beyond that, right? As far as like your mental yeah. health, your physical health. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm, I'm glad you're bringing this up because um, a lot of times we'll continue to drive, sacrifice, one more email, you yep. know, uh, I'm going to just, I'm going to stay up till 10 p.m. because uh, I need, I just need to get this off my to-do list. So that's okay when we do it in short, you know, bursts and increments when we've, when, you know, pr projects uh, require that. Over time, if we have increased stress in our life, a couple of things happen. There's the mental, um, there's the, the mental side and the impact. And then, then there's the physical side of it. So on the mental side, we can get in some really unhealthy thought patterns where we are just constantly looking at our to-dos lists and what we need to do and what we haven't done and what we didn't say and how, how we should have shown up differently. And we're constantly focused on our deficits. Right. Uh, and and this then contributes to what happens on the physical side, which is actually when you're in times of just increased stress, we release a hormone called cortisol. Cortisol over time, um, what we see with the ways we see this showing up in our body is um, this is when we have an increased heart rate, we get uh, increased blood pressure. Uh, this is where we see people um, when we have an increased cortisol, we have to eat more. Yeah, because uh, our body just needs needs to consume more. So you'll see weight gain as a result of cortisol. Um, we've also seen, um, you know, people who go on to ha to have strokes, um, heart disease, 
all of the sort of longer term morbidities that we see um, hit people. And when people are under stress, sometimes it's really hard to measure the damage that's happening. Yeah, it feels bad, but what's it doing to our body? Well, right. we also now we have evidence that over lar- long periods of time, there's a measurable um, impact, negative impact to our bodies if we carry stress around. Right. So I, I always like to read these studies about like what country is the happiest, right? And you yeah. you and you often find it's it's like little old ladies living in the Mediterranean <laughs> in the hills, looking at the ocean every day, drinking wine, you know, eating um, eating olives. And the, this is this is what makes us happiest, and right. it, it makes total sense because all around them they've created an environment that um, where they're focused on joy and happiness, and stress has decreased. And you know, everyone, every single human on this planet has the ability to create the environment that is right for them. Um, I think most people probably wouldn't believe that, uh, but we all have a choice. And sometimes it takes time to get there. It takes some planning. It may take who knows what, right? Everybody's situation is different, but um, we all have that ability to create a positive environment. And I think one of the things with stress is we identify so much with our job. Like we identify as the job almost, right? Like we take it on as a personality and then we forget to take it off when we leave, right? So it's always on, right? I'm always this, whatever my role is, you know, 24 seven. And in doing so, we lose, I think, a part of ourselves because we're we're stuck in that, maybe as like you were talking about the clients you have that are stuck in that, you know, that analytical, and I'm an analytical person. I mean, my job is an analyst, so I, I completely identify that, but with that, but um, having, being stuck in that mode it's almost like then we when we don't shut it off or forget you know remember that there's other parts of us as a, as a person then we're, we're also shutting off our creativity because we're not exploring these other areas right we're not giving ourselves a break mm-hmm. from that to then go you know explore a hobby or do something you know fun or whatever it is you know those are generic things but um the concept is that we we are not our job we do a job but i'm not the job right and there's a big difference yeah. there. Yeah, there's two things that I really like about what you said is, is number one, the creativity flow, which is, you know, um, as we look at what companies are trying to bring out in their employees, creativity is so important. That's how we innovate. That's how we stand out against competition. What we know about creativity is it doesn't come when you're in back to back to back to back to right. back, which right. we've seen so much, right. particularly during the pandemic. Uh, I talked to a lot of my leaders about this. You know, when is the time when you have your most creative thoughts. It's usually when you're in the shower right? or when you're outside walking your dog. And we don't calendar time to do these things because we don't see the direct correlation to results. If I'm not in front of my computer answering an email, then I'm not being productive. right? But in fact, it's so important to um, plan those times when you can step away and allow creativity to percolate. Oftentimes with my leaders, we'll talk about drawing the line between if you do carve out time in your day to step away to walk to take a shower to get away from the constant like data influx that we're so used yeah. to in the corporate space that's yeah. when you can start to think creativity creatively and strategically which is so important for success and innovation 
Totally. And for mental health, right? As, as the, as the, you know, employee or person, whatever a person's situation is, um, not only are we giving value out, right, but we should be getting something back. And, and that, that's what it's, you know, that's what it takes to, um, to do the role, I guess. You, you know what I'm saying? Like it takes that, those breaks. It takes that, um, those, that ability, I think, to shut off, like I said, who you, that you're not the job 24 seven. And it's, um, I think, I, I think people forget that. But again, I do think another benefit to what we went through in 2020 is more people are questioning these things and really, um, looking at, at, well, does this make sense anymore? You know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. The great resignation. Oh. Uh, this, it was, it, it was so scary when we, you know, moved into the pandemic. Everybody was trying to figure out how to re, um, sort of rejigger their life. Yeah. And it all came crashing down at once. Now, the gift of that time is we were able to um, be out of our everyday stimuli of the yeah. workplace. And it'll allow us to really learn about ourselves and what was important when we were in the day to day. And anytime you um, take away variables, then you get to test like, what does it mean when I take this away? How yeah. important was this to me? And that's been a real gift for people. Now they're realizing, hey, actually, there are things that are really, really important that I want to prioritize and I'm not willing to go back to the way that life was. Right. You know, I found myself questioning, why did I do that? Like, why did I used to do that? Whatever it was, right? Mm -hmm. Many things that I used to do, I did for reasons for, you know, I felt I had to, or I felt um, I was going to miss out if I didn't do whatever it was, you know? So really questioning that and um, I think, listening to the answers you give yourself, right? Not being so willing to just rush back in and, and do things the old way, because um, for many of us, that, that didn't work <laughs> at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Like what you hear so far? Take what you've learned and invest in yourself with the Create What You Speak Academy. Visit createwhatyouspeak.com to learn more. Now back to the show. I love what you said earlier about, you know, so much, and so much of this is, um, do you live to work or do you work to live? Yeah. And I think what a lot of people are starting to discover during the pandemic is, um, I don't want to live to work. I want to work to live. And how do I redesign my life so I can make that happen? Yeah, completely. And that was, you know, like I mentioned at the beginning about how I, and you, it sounds like as well, you know, would flee to another job, another job, another job, just keep recreating the same scenario. Right. But the person I, maybe I was fleeing because of an old boss. Well, then I would have the same situation with the boss. They would just have a new name right at the, at the next place that I went. Mm. And, um, that was over time. I finally realized that I was the constant in that scenario. So what's going on with me that I'm, I keep recreating or having these same situations. So can you offer some advice to the listeners about, about situations like this? Like how can they um, avoid recreating the same problems? Mm, such a great question. Awareness is a really important and difficult step, but it, um, if you've gotten to the point where you're aware of this, like, like you're talking about Sloan, realizing, hey, I, I used to think it was my boss. I used to think it was this. I used to think it was that. But the one common denominator is me. Yeah. Once you get to that space, I mean, that is just like stop and pause and, and recognize your progress. That's a huge step. 
Um, From there, that recognition and that awareness, the next question is, okay, now that I know this, what do I want to do with this information? How do I address it? Um, So that's a really good lead into, you know, in whatever way you do this, whether it's, you know, a personal discovery and journey, whether it's working with a coach, whether it's like getting away to a yoga retreat, create some time and space to really give that question um, the, the time it needs to allow you to come up with answers because it can yeah. be very multifaceted. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other side of that is that's where you can reach your full potential. That's where you yeah. find the joy in, in your job. That's where, um, that's where things start to unlock for you that never have before. Yeah. Um, but it's, it, 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 I, I, I mean, I'll be honest, it's not easy to get there and to recognize that. It yeah. can be really hard and it's, it can be really scary when you're in that yeah. place. Yeah. It's but not it's a pretty again, process. It means, yeah, no, it can feel really icky in the midst of it, but on the other side of it, it's so much joy. Right. And that's where that missing piece is, you know, cause I know over the years for me, I felt like I was, there was something missing. I'm missing something. And it's because I hadn't done that inner work to explore what, what do I really want? Why, why am I doing these jobs just because the pay, because I can, because I, just am randomly out here floating from the next thing to the next, you know, and without having that, um, I think that inner understanding of why you're doing what you're doing. And is this really what I want to be doing is without that, without getting to at least some level. And, and I think you continue to explore that as you move forward, right? You're not, you don't have to have all the answers on day one and okay, today I have the answer, right? It's, it's a process, right? It's a process to move through. Totally. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. Go ahead. I have so many thoughts that are. Yeah, right I know. Um, the why is so important. I, 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 I have a couple clients I'm working with right now and literally getting them to the point where they're comfortable asking that question of, um, do I like what I'm doing? And if not, why am I still here? Right. Because it can be really easy to just, um, go in the direction that your parents tell you to go at a young age and then go in the direction that your boss tells you to go when you get to an older age. But it's the step back and the asking yourself the why and the what questions that can really help you start to start to come up with some interesting revelations. Yeah. And I was thinking the other day how as humans, our willingness to do things we hate in order to provide for our families or provide for ourselves or, various other reasons. I mean, the willingness to put ourselves through this. I mean, we sometimes I think have to give ourselves like, like, you know, like, wow, you're willing to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and it's, um, but again, like we've been talking about, we don't have to do these things that we hate. And that's, you know, and so someone who has explored these or even is willing to right, but it but feels like they're, they're ready to move out of their current position. Are there things to look for during an interview process to find a career that someone loves? Or maybe there's also red flags to look for that would help somebody avoid running and fleeing like we're talking about today so they don't flee to another job that they hate. Is there anything, any specific advice you can offer on that? Yeah, that's a great question, especially right now with so many people interviewing. (laughs) Right. Um, so I would say before you start interviewing and before you start uh, either soliciting job offers or being open to interviews is just get really clear on what you want. 
um, and spend some time thinking about what what your strengths are and then what really makes you happy and make sure that the jobs you're interviewing for encapsulate both of those things. Uh, that's the first step. When you get into the interview, um, it's good to be clear about what you're looking for. Are you looking for more of a collaborative environment? Are you looking for an environment where you can work from home? This is a big one right now. Right. Be clear on if you want to work from home or if you're willing to work from the office because people have companies and people both have very strong opinions about this. So right. spend some time in advance, uh, not only making sure that the roles you're interviewing for are ones that are going to make you happy and cater to your strengths, um, but also what's important for you in a corporate environment. Um, a really good way to, in the interview process, start to, to pull this out is, is ask questions that show that you've done your research. So you're still selling yourself via these questions that shows that you're informed uh, and you're invested. Uh, but also, you can show your cards in terms of what your values are. So, um, for example, tell me what it looks like. Tell me what... Uh, tell me what excellence looks like in the organization. So mm -hmm. that can be a really telling question as to what people are expecting and if it's yeah. realistic. That's a great question. Um, yeah, so questions around that. Another tactic that's that's good to employ is outside of the interviewer themselves, there's gonna be some questions that you're gonna wanna like be candid on that you might want not want to cover in an interview. So. Right. Use LinkedIn to try to find other people in the organization who you can have frank conversations with and ask mm -hmm. them your questions. So it's kind of like looking under the hood of a car before you yeah. decide to buy the car. Yeah. Um, make sure that the structure that's in place is, is one that's going to embody the environment you want to be in. Yeah. You know, one question I always asked was, why was the position open? Because I was really curious. Mm, that's are, a good one. Are the yeah. doors just, is this a revolving door for this? Is it stressful? Is it, are there other reasons why this position is open? Or um, is it new? Is it newly created because you saw a need? You know, that tells me, okay, there's some innovation here, or some willingness to um, identify a need and actually do something about it. Um, or is there, you know, I've had other, because the work that I've done over the years is in um, IT consulting. And so sometimes they'll try to combine roles which is a huge, huge no for the work that I do because they're not the, the, the roles they try to combine are, are independent roles. So asking somebody to basically do two roles is trying to get one person, you know, pay one person for two jobs. So that to me is a red flag, you know, that kind of stuff. So there's sometimes industry specific things once you've been around for a while, or even if you haven't been around for a while, you know, being able to talk to other people who have and ask them those kinds of questions so that, you know, going in like, wait a minute, um, this probably is not a realistic ask of somebody. Yeah, that's a that's a great question too. Is like, un fully understanding the scope of what you're responsible for, and yeah. particularly, you know, as you start to climb and get deeper into a certain functionality, you'll know what's possible and what isn't, and what yeah. sets you up for success and what's going to bury you. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing I always did was um, set standards for myself before going in, especially as it related to salary, because, um, mm -hmm. you know, if you're working with a recruiter, sometimes it can be very easy. They'll try to sway you one way or the other, you know, because they're obviously they're <laughs> they have a um, an incentive for you to take the job, you know, and uh, sometimes they'll try to talk you out of it or they'll try to tell you, well, everybody else is at this rate. And my response mm -hmm. to that was always, well, I'm not everybody else. So um, that has no you know, bearing on me. So I think having some confidence in that way in yourself and understanding what you're this is my limit, right? I'm not accepting less than this or I'm not accepting, you know, maybe somebody 
wants to work from home permanently or only wants to go into an office a couple times a day, right? Setting those those standards for yourself and not wavering from that. Cause I found in the past when I wavered from those things, the satis- dissatisfaction was like immediate, like within a month or two, mm-hmm. you know, and then I'm like, Oh, here I am again in another situation like this, you know, regret inevitably follows. That's a great point. And, and um, back to like, what's changed now that we're in 2020 pandemic era. Um, the, two, the two questions you want to get super clear up front is continue with the salary questions. And by the way, a lot of uh, a lot of states now make it illegal for employers to ask what you're previously making in an uh, effort to remove the glass ceiling. So that's yeah. that's good to know in research. That is um, yeah. a lot of states. A lot of states can't ask you what you've been making. So come prepared with the number that you want to make. Yeah. Uh, and then the other question that that people should be pre- prepared to answer is. Um, what type of work can, uh, uh, where do you want to work? Do you want to work from home? Do you want to work yeah. from office? Do you want to work hybrid? Because companies have their expectations. People have their expectations. And if those don't line up in the beginning, it's a waste of time to continue with the interview. Exactly. And I always think about that too. You know, when I had worked with recruiters before or whatever, you know, I'd set up my, use my expectations. So I'm just telling you this because I don't want to waste anybody's time. And I think that's, um, I, and people appreciate that, right? Because they don't want to waste their time mm-hmm. on you if you're not, you know, if you're not going to fit the, the, what they're looking for. But, um, be, having that confidence, I think also, um, it can feel a little, discouraging at first. This is my experience, so it might not be everybody's, but it feels a little discouraging at first because sometimes I feel like, oh, am I missing out on something? But then I'm like, wait a minute. No, I'm not because I'd be settling for less if I took these other things, right? Mm-hmm. So that that um, it can feel a little bit like that. I-, I felt at least at first, but then I found that it was worth it to get to what I really wanted. Yes, yes. And um I mean, there are times when people are so miserable in a job and another job opportunity comes. It's like a, it's like a lifeboat. They just want to jump on regardless of the fleeing, you know, how, how inflated the the lifeboat is. Um, But yeah, (laughs) particularly in, in this environment that we're in, there are lots of jobs and it's a candidate's market. So um, don't be afraid to ask what you're worth. Yeah. Yeah. And I think so, you know, one other point on this, and I feel like this is kind of the elephant in the room because um, I don't think this conversation would be complete without bringing this up. But, you know, a lot of people are facing job loss due to various mandates that are happening that they may not agree with. And I won't go into detail. Anybody that's lived and breathed the past year and a half knows what I'm talking about. But, um, you know, there's situations that are happening where people are being forced out because they don't agree personally with what's being requested of them. And I have friends facing this. Um, my personal belief on that is if you're in a situation like that, it's for a reason that you're going to come out on the other side doing something you're meant to do that you're happier with that that is more in alignment with with what your values truly are. Um, but I know it's easy to sit here and say that, <laughs> but when you're in the situation, it's extremely stressful. So can you mm-hmm. offer any advice to people who may be going through that or maybe even people who don't like their job, but don't feel they can leave at the moment. Um, can you offer advice of how they can maybe at least decrease some of the stress that they're facing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, to your first point is, um, you know, is this going to work out? It is, it is so stressful when you're in the moment. People, I often ask my clients to reflect on past situations when there's been immense stress and times of change and 
um, what happened as a result. And every single time they're like, oh, yeah, it always works out. And, and right. I'm I so survived it, right? That yeah. thing that I wanted, yeah, it didn't happen because I wouldn't have met XYZ or I wouldn't have found XYZ. Exactly. Everything exactly. Happen, everything is going to happen that's meant to happen no matter how much you try to change the course <laughs> of events. Right, right, right. <laughs> so there's sort of like peace and solace in, in knowing that. Um, and then the other piece of that is if you are in a situation and, you know, this is very real and I don't want to minimize, you know, there are times when you have to stay in situations you don't like because of resources. Right. Um, and that's a very real thing. And um, the key to that is going back to, to mindset. Um, how much are you beating yourself up because of an unhappy situation that you're in? Are there ways that you can be nicer to yourself? Are there ways that you can build in more time to recharge? Are there ways that you can allow the stress and unhappiness of your current situation to dominate your thoughts less? Um, yes. Now, oftentimes this is easier said than done, right? Yeah, like, you know, yeah for sure. People say this, oh, just don't worry about it. Da, 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 da. Yeah, no. Yeah, and then that's, that's when like people push stop and they're like, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, right. I hear this all the time, but really, what does it look like? Um, right. A really easy way to do this, and this is an exercise I'll take a lot of my clients to, is just track your self-narrative through the day. What are you telling yourself? What are the conscious and sometimes unconscious thoughts that are coming up? This is your low-hanging fruit. Right. If you can intercept those really negative, self-destructive thoughts and replace them with more encouraging, supportive thoughts, um, you can have things can um, your current situation won't change, but the way your perspective, the way you're looking at it might. Right. And that the way that back... I, I, yeah, go ahead. The way that I, I try to sort of put this in perspective for clients is you would never advise your child to talk to themselves the way that you're talking right. to yourself. Right. So why are you allowing yourself to put yourself down? Right. Exactly. And, you know, the, we talked about at the beginning about um, freeing your mind and about, you know, we create our reality through our thoughts and that concept doesn't change no matter what the situation is. Right. It's easy to, I think I personally have lost sight of that several times over the past year and a half where um, outside forces I couldn't control were then I, I for some reason believed that continuing to think negatively or continuing to berate myself or continuing to have this negative outcome was somehow going to improve the situation or change things. And that, that doesn't happen at all. Right. It's, it's, we can't control everything, but we can control what we think and what our mind is. And again, like you said, it's not to minimize the stress and the, the, uh, the, the feelings that you go through when you're in it, because I've been there. I, I know it. I, I'm intimately familiar with it. Um, but I also, trust and know, like you said, there's been situations I've been in that were terrible that I didn't think I would come out on the other side of, but here I am today talking to you, having this conversation. And it's the same for everybody listening, right? They've, I'm sure everyone has been in a situation they didn't get through and didn't think they could get through. But once you kind of come to terms with that and acknowledge the unknown, because that's a lot of it too, right? We're afraid of the unknown. But once we acknowledge mm -hmm. that we're going to make it through, if, if nothing else, just out of sheer will, we're going to make it through. Um, it takes some of the burden off. And I think it helps what you're saying. It helps us to do those, those exercises or those even have the awareness to, to stop that process, like to stop those thoughts being on that loop 
continuously that wants to just suffocate us. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That is, I mean, if you can get a handle on that and just start to um, show yourself some self-compassion, mm-hmm. that's going to, that's going to deflate a lot of that balloon that just keeps growing and growing and growing. Yeah, yeah exactly. My guest this week has been Amy Sanchez, executive career and leadership coach and founder of Swim Against the Current. And we've been talking about don't flee to another job you'll hate. Instead, learn the secrets to finding a career you love. So as we wrap up the show, Amy, what is one piece of advice you would give the listeners to shift their perspective and about finding a career they love? Mm. The biggest thing that I, I want to impart is no matter where you are on your journey, whether you're just starting this job changing journey, whether you're just starting to recognize you're ready for it, or if you've just, you know, you've just made the transition, um, just know that you're capable of creating any future that you want. It, mm-hmm. It's entirely possible, but it all starts with the way that you're talking to yourself and what you believe the realm of possibilities are. Yeah. If you can start there and focus there, there's so much goodness ahead of you. I love that. That That is pretty much the epitome of the show and why I do this to spread that message and um, why I love talking to people like you to be able to um, offer another perspective. And um, I, I, I really appreciate you being on the show. Congratulations on your business. That's just amazing. Your story is amazing. So um, uh, I just really appreciate you being here. Um, Can you let the listeners find out more about how to find you? Yes. And thank you for having me, Sloan. It's been such a pleasure to to chat with you. Uh, People can find me on LinkedIn, Amy Sanchez, executive career coach. You can also find me on YouTube. I've got tons of videos that cater to the needs of the corporate leader. So look for Swim Against the Current. Um, Also my website, uh, swim-against.com. And I always love to connect with new people. So please, please find me on LinkedIn and YouTube and we can stay in touch. Awesome. Thank you. And how'd you come up with the name Swim Against the Current? I meant to ask that earlier, but I forgot. (laughs) I get asked that all the time. (laughs) Um, So so interesting. I actually was at this small fishing village in Brazil when I was miserable in my career, way before I knew even what poaching was. And I found this like wooden picture of a fish that was swimming against the current. And I bought it and I brought it home and I kind of put it in a closet, like waiting to find the perfect space for it. And when I found coaching, I rediscovered that. And it was like a light bulb went off for me. Yeah, that is exactly (laughs) what I to get to my happy spot in my career. And that's what I take my clients through is learning how to, even though the currents around you are trying to get you to um, follow the lead of everybody else and stay in a really stressful situation, you step outside your comfort zone. That's where the true magic happens. Oh my God. I love that. It's such a great, just almost like your, your subconscious knew it before you were ready to see it. Right. And then it came at the most perfect time. So I love that. Totally. It's amazing. Yes. Signs are always around you if you're looking. Exactly. (laughs) That's exactly right. All right. Well, this has been such a great conversation. Thanks for joining me this week on the Create What You Speak podcast. Make sure to visit SloanFremont.com where you can subscribe to the show and your favorite podcast player so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, I'd appreciate a positive rating in Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player. And also remember to check out the Create What You Speak Academy at CreateWhatYouSpeak.com. Thanks again for listening this week and be sure to tune in next week where I will continue to give you real life solutions to help you live free in an unfree world.